The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. If you want the answers, you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies to help you gain control over your life with MS using only the best insights, advice, and research from top industry experts. Not only that, you'll learn MS-specific exercises and tips to stay consistent, motivated, and inspired. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. I am so excited to have Mindy Eisenberg with me today. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to be with you. Me too. So I'm just going to give our listeners a brief background on who you are, just in case people don't know who you are. I feel like you've made a name for yourself. So it's likely that our listeners have heard of you or taken one of your yoga classes before. But for those of you who don't, Mindy is a certified yoga therapist, a qualified mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher, and a certified Buteco breathing instructor. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Buteco. Buteco. Awesome. I'm excited. We're going to get into breathing today. So I'm excited to hear more about that. Mindy is also the founder and director of Yoga Moves MS, which is a nonprofit 501c3 dedicated to improving the quality of life for individuals with MS, Parkinson's disease, and neuromuscular conditions. She is the author of Adaptive Yoga Moves Anybody and Adaptive Yoga Cards, which we're going to touch on that later as well. Mindy has provided yoga therapy to individuals with mobility challenges for over 15 years and thrives on building a strong, mighty community for her students and families. Her new program, Holistic Health and Wellness Forum for MS, was initiated in 2019. Last year, the virtual event was widely acclaimed with a, national, with a team of nationally recognized holistic and clinical specialists. Mindy presents nationally for several MS, corporate, and yoga organizations, and offers several adaptive yoga teacher trainings per year. She also offers daily adaptive yoga and meditation classes online. So I hope you can see why I wanted to say all of that. She's just such an amazing person and offers so many different things, which I love how accessible you are. So we're going to get into a bunch of those things. But one thing that I like doing at the beginning of my episodes is sharing something about myself to help my listeners feel like they get to know me a bit more. So I was hoping that you could do the same thing. Is there anything you feel that our listeners here and maybe even your current clients and or people following you on social media wouldn't know about you? Yeah, well, the one I always say is my dogs, although if they're looking at social media, they will see that my dogs are all over me, especially when I go on to the yoga mat. They're very interested <laughs> in being part of it all. And what they might not know is when I start our virtual yoga classes, Felix wants to come up. He's one of the dogs, Daisy dogs, pups. He wants to come up on my lap and say hi to everyone. And we taught him to do namaste with his paws. <laughs> that is the key. Pause together on command for namaste. 
Oh, wow. I know. He hears me. He goes, oh, she's going on that thing again. I got to get up there. (laughs) (laughs) I want to teach Finn how to do that. It's pretty amazing. My kids did it. I bet you could do it in no time. Wow. That's so funny. That actually just reminded me, I was showing my fiance one of your Instagram stories recently, and you were doing yoga and your dogs were around. And he made the comment of it's kind of like goat yoga, which is very popular nowadays, (laughs) but with dogs instead of goats. I was like, you're so right. So yeah. Have you ever done goat yoga? It's hilarious. Very fun. We got a real kick out of it. So I'm an animal lover for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So what we're going to be talking about today and diving into is breathing. But before we do that, can you share with us how you got into working with people with MS in the first place? Where did all of that come from? I think that it found me and naturally there was a natural journey because my mother had primary progressive MS and I tell the story. I was taking my son to nursery school and his first teacher had MS or has MS. And um, she asked me one day, she knew I was finishing up yoga therapy training. If I would come teach at her, um, it's called the mind and it's a big MS center in our area. So I visited their support group. And then that group asked me to continue a weekly adaptive yoga class. So that was the very first one I did. And then it just started growing. You know how sometimes you just know you're in the right area because it just comes coming back at you and you feel the rewards of it. I know what you do. You just glow from what you do and people love what you're doing and being a part of your programs. And the same thing kind of happens. Like it's that that law of attraction. And then it was like, can you start another class? That one was in the evening and then during the day. and we started to brainstorm how to get the word out to different neurologists in the area who specialized in MS. And then all of a sudden people are like, you know, you better start your own nonprofit because you're starting to grow. So (laughs) it just took on its own path. Even though I was on this hospital administration path, someone was knocking on the door saying, you know what? I think yoga therapy is your thing now. That's amazing. Um, Well, I'm so glad that you did get into that because I feel like you're changing the world with the way that you teach MS to not only MS, but these other neurological populations. So I'm thankful that you had that opportunity in the first place. So what our main topic is going to be today, I feel like there's so many things that we could talk about, but I wanted to jump into breathing mostly because you're super into it. And even when we just mentioned it briefly earlier, your face lit up and you have a huge smile on your face. So first share with us, why is breathing important in the first place? Why is the way that we breathe? Of course, we need to breathe to live. But other than that, what do we need to know? So there is nothing that we do more than breathe. Nothing. And so what would have the most impact on us? Now, in the beginning of COVID, I heard one of my yoga teachers say he had just read this book and you got to read it. And it's called Breathe by James Nestor. And that book changed my whole perspective. Here I was a yoga teacher and we're taught the first thing that breath is the most important. It's the foundation of yoga. Everyone thinks it's those fancy postures when really, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. But there was a different focus in this book. Um, He does an amazing 
jab of talking about different breathing techniques and pulling it together. And he went through a type of self-study with another person. And this just intrigued me. And I couldn't literally put this book down. And I thought to myself, gee, we do have a lot of students who struggle with this breathing. And yet we have so many students that say that breathing alone helps them in so many ways. For instance, I've heard people say their spasticity quiets down when their breath is and their nervous system is more in that parasympathetic or relaxation mode. And um, I've seen students where they don't even have to be a yoga student. I'm just aware of looking at bodies just like you are. And I'll see this, you know, you've seen that, right? You know, the shoulders are coming up and the shoulders are coming towards the ears. And it's, um, it's a sign of stress and tension, but it's also a sign of chest breathing. And the message was in which several books on the breath say, shut your mouth. I know that sounds kind of <laughs> harsh, but the idea is that the nose was meant for breathing. And so we don't realize it. Most of us are mouth breathers. That was some of the awakening and how you can shift and feel better from just learning how to have more of a functional breath that's coming from the nose and really starting as a diaphragmatic or belly breath. I love that. You know, and as you're saying that, I am having flashbacks of when I was in physical therapy school and we would have our patient lie flat on a table and we would just, we wouldn't tell them to do anything specific other than breathe. And we would pretend we weren't paying attention, but really what we were looking for is what was rising. Was their stomach rising or their chest rising? Oh, sneaky. Yeah. Well, cause as soon as you tell someone, I'm going to see if you're a chest breather, that then they're probably going to start breathing more with their chest versus their belly. So the power of suggestion. Yes, that is amazing to me that just by breathing properly, MS symptoms can lessen, especially spasticity, because that's a tough one where there's stretches you can do and there's medications, but it's a really tough symptom I find to manage. So it's amazing that breathing properly can help that. Yes, I would never claim that it takes it away, but I think what happens, and, I, and I've heard it from several students, the nervous system calms down. And so it has an overall effect. And as you know, several people get anxious with the different types of symptoms that come up from MS. And with that becomes more of a, a chest breath or a mouth breathing that, that will feed the anxiety. And so by calming the breath down and the nervous system down, it quiets the body down and the whole respiratory system. And I would never claim that it takes it away or any symptom. It's very helpful for fatigue. All of a sudden we realize that, wow, when we close our mouth, we're um, feeding our body with energy in the right place. So it can affect not only spasticity, but fatigue and pain and just an overall well-being a little bit lighter perhaps and and not as contracted and and certainly when we're stretching during yoga or building strength knowing how to activate the breath so that you can feel each pose or practice to its fullest I would imagine it's similar in physical therapy 
It is. There are specific exercises, ones that tend to be more challenging, where we are told, okay, you should exhale during the challenging part and then inhale when it's easier. So there are some exercises where you're specifically guided to breathe in a certain way. So with that said, how should we be breathing? What is there an exercise that we can do? Or do we simply just think to ourselves, okay, let me breathe with my nose instead of my mouth or breathe with my chest instead of my belly? Yeah, there's all kinds of strategies. For me, one of the first ones is the belly breath, like trying to bring the breath down. And one of the strategies that I love is to get like a rice bag or a bean bag, something that's got some heaviness to it or a sandbag or even a, you know, like a heavier pillow or a stack of towels or blankets and lie down and put it on the belly. And so as you inhale, you're going to feel the belly rise into that weight. And then as you exhale out through your nose, it's going to soften back down. So it's kind of like a tactile feedback that can be really nice for people to go, oh, maybe I am um, chest breathing or belly breathing. I'm working with someone now and he had this realization. He did not realize that he was primarily mouth breathing. So we don't really realize that we go about our day. Now, for instance, you and I are talking now and we're mouth breathing. Now, how else are we going to do it? Right. Right. <laughs> I love, I think that's such an important, I use that same tip with physical therapy, where in order to change anything, you first need to become aware of what you're currently doing. And so that's exactly what you're saying too. You first need to become aware of what type of breather are you? And then you can make some changes from there. Now in mindfulness, we're taught to not even give any cues to the, for the breathing, but to, or at least that was the classical way of teaching it. And so it differs from yoga. And I had to stop and say, wait, because in yoga, we give cues, but for the mindfulness in the beginning, it's more of bring awareness to your breath. And very often by just bringing awareness to it, it starts to shift. Everybody's worried about whether they're doing it right or wrong. And sometimes it's just quieting down. There's a lot of guided breathing techniques out there that you can find on different apps, but you're also going to find there's different ways of teaching it at the same time. I think that's, that's very true for me as well. Anytime I've been to a yoga class, I personally have a difficult time breathing in for as long as they want me to breathe in and then trying to exhale at the right time. And then it just stresses me out. So I'm breathing even shallower. <laughs> yeah. I usually so. say you don't have to, you know, if your cue, your breath is not exactly matching my cues, that's okay because we all breathe differently. And, um, you know, over time, I would not stress about that lengthening because over time it gets stronger in a yoga class. What really became um, obvious to me is we don't, yoga teachers don't have that much luxury or time to look at every student and their breath. And by really honing in on it in a way like saying, let's spend five, 10, half hour, you know, a day, just really focusing in on the breath. We can learn a lot and the teachers, they're going to give the cue, but they're not going to actually see if it happens in a big class. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you usually can hone in on someone if there's a lot of stress going on or you see contraction, but otherwise it might not be so obvious. 
Right. So what is something that someone listening right now? So maybe we don't have a sandbag around or a bag of rice, which I love that tip, by the way. But let's say we're sitting somewhere, maybe even someone's driving somewhere. What can they do right in this moment to start focusing on breathing in a way that can help potentially reduce fatigue and spasticity and some of these other symptoms? Well, if they're driving, I would not want them to practice the relaxation breath. But they could notice whether they're breathing in and out through their nose. They could even put their finger underneath their nose and just kind of notice, is air coming in and out through the nose? There's a breath called feather breathing, which I just love that name. But the idea is we're breathing so softly that the feather wouldn't move. So that's kind of a cool one because you're getting feedback. I like that. Anything with feedback, I personally do really well with. Because it's always hard to know if you're doing something right, if there's not an indicator for you. So yeah, I really like that. Yes. Yes. And you know, in yoga, there are so many different types of breaths. And one that I teach our students with MS is the cooling breath. And so that's, that's a different one where let's, you know, we might learn that one. I'm hearing lots of students are using it right now um, when they're feeling heated and it might be during an exercise session or It might be during a yoga session or when it's really hot outside. And so they can practice this cooling breath that brings in cool air into the mouth. And you can do it several times until, for me, I always get cold. So I literally feel a shiver going down me. But for people (laughs) who get hot, it's really helpful. And, And how do you do that one? So there's two ways. One is genetically, some of us are able to curl our tongue like a straw. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got the gene. <laughs> and it's not something that makes us good or bad. So if you can do that, we first take a normal inhale and out and an exhale out. Then we take our tongue out and make into that curl and slurp in air. It feels like cold air. Then close your lips, bring your tongue back in and exhale out through your nose. Wow. That does feel cold air. And if you do it several times, it has a pretty powerful effect. And I didn't even realize how many students do it, but they've been telling me over the last several days how they've been doing it quite a bit. The other way is, let's say you can't curl your tongue, then you bring your tongue to the roof of your mouth and you slurp in air. And that's also cold. And then we soften and close the lips and exhale out through your nose. And if anyone wants to, they could, I, it is in my book, but it's also, you can look it up online. If you look up cooling breath, it may just come right up there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for all of those. We are going to close out this episode for now, but I have so many more questions for you and topics that I want to talk to you about. So we will definitely be having, having you back on our podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Thank Bef- you. Yes. Before we let everyone go on with their day, is there a way that people can find you if they resonated with any of this and want to learn more? How can they reach you? So they can reach me at yogamovesms.org. That's M-O-V-E-S-M-S.org, yogamovesms.org. And they can also email me at that same, either at info at yogamovesms.org or Mindy. M-I-N-D-Y at yogamovesms.org. 
Sounds great. And I know you also have a Facebook group, an Instagram page. So all of those links I'll be putting in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to find Mindy on social media or learn more about her adaptive yoga cards or the book or anything like that, her live classes, definitely check the show notes. And one final thing is you have a, your annual virtual holistic health and wellness forum coming up. Yeah, I'm super excited. And we had you last year, you were a major hit. And so they're like, you got to bring Gretchen back. (laughs) So you're here, you're going to be on at our holistic health and wellness event, which is virtual on November 6th. Awesome. And we'll be touching more on that in our next episode as well. But I hope to see you guys there because I'll be presenting as well. And I was there last year. It was just such an amazing event with such amazing education for anyone with MS. And there were so many different fields of experts. So it was awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us, Mindy. And I'm excited to have you back. Namaste. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am beyond grateful to have you as a listener. So as a thank you, I have something special just for you. I created a bundle of resources exclusive for the listeners of the Missing Link podcast who are looking for more guidance and tips to champion your life with MS. To get these resources, head over to msinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or if you're on social media, take a screenshot right now and post it to your page or your stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to other MS warriors. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.